I am not the first Sorcerer Supreme, nor will I be the last. Rather, I was granted the title by the Blessed Vishanti when I and many others were tested to assess our worthiness. The office of the Sorcerer Supreme is a recognition of magical primacy. As Sorcerer Supreme of the Earth Dimension, I am granted access to great wellsprings of power unavailable to other practitioner of the mystic arts. But with this power also comes grave duties. To be the Sorcerer Supreme is to be part of the planet's natural defenses. As the world's ozone layer blocks ultraviolet radiation, as the Earth's magnetic field prevents solar winds from stripping the planet's atmosphere away, so too does the Sorcerer Supreme maintain the Barrier, a master spell that strengthens the boundaries between our dimension and the outer planes, the Dark Dimension, the Celestial Concordance, the Consecution of Colors. All have attempted invasion of the Earth's dimension in the past. While travel among dimensions is possible, the barrier prevents invasion en masse. It is not perfect, as the War of the Realms proved, but it remains a vital part of our world's defenses nonetheless. Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to New Byland, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. And I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects. But away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards, we like to think of it as learning and luxury. Noob? Yes, Professor? Tell the rest of the, the class your name, your favorite color, and what you're here to learn about. My name is Mac. I'm here to learn about magic in the Marvel Universe, and my favorite color is emerald green. Well, with that in mind, Professor Z, what's our lesson for today? The death of Doctor Strange. That, that's our lesson? I'm not sure you should be applauding that. <laughs> Actually, you should. It's great. So this came around because almost, not almost immediately, but pretty quickly after we did our Doctor Strange episode, they announced that they were killing him. That's very right. And... Also, how long ago is that now? I don't know, but I think we started this podcast almost two years ago now. My sense of time is gone. It might have just been... It's been over a year, though. Yeah, we did this, like, middle of the huge part of COVID. If nothing else, this series was five issues long. That's five months. Five issues of the follow-up series, just called Strange, have come out. There was a bit of time in between, and there was a bit of time after our Strange episode and when this... So it's been over a year, yeah. and some pretty significant it'll, Doctor Strange stuff happened. I was about to say, it'll be about a year and four months since we started doing this. Him died. Yeah. <laughs> and things really changed, so... Uh, and then, for various reasons, this episode and next episode, we have kind of lighter stuff, partly so... We just don't have to expend quite as much energy because making this podcast, even when I only get to read about a tenth as much research as I would like to, takes up a lot of time. So we thought it would just be fun. And also, I picked up this book and desperately need to talk about it with people. <laughs> so 
we will be discussing The Death of Doctor Strange by Jed McKay and Lee Garbett on art, as well as the various uh, side issues, Death of Doctor Strange tie-ins, including Amazing Spider-Man, Silver Fox, who I doubt you've ever heard of, but we might be covering later on this year, the X-Men, Black Knight, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But first, a quick summary of The Death of Doctor Strange before we just dive into discussion about it. Last time Doctor Strange had his own series was around the time that we finished this up because it was Doctor Strange Surgeon Supreme, which had just been canceled, I believe, when we do when we did that episode. That sounds right. Uh, completely unfinished because they had, and we knew they had decided to kind of radically alter what they were going to do with Doctor Strange. In retrospect, it was this book. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of this book, we see Doctor Strange of the modern day. He is actually kind of living his best life in a lot of ways. He's got Ghost the Bat Dog, Bats the Ghost Dog. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's been a very long day. We have Bats the Ghost Dog taking him for walkies. I'm endlessly charmed by Bats. Any scene with Bats in it is automatically better. Uh, we have... Him and Wong on talking terms again, which they often are not in various mm -hmm. versions that we've seen them on. He's working as a surgeon. He's working as Sorcerer Supreme. Really, kind of the only thing he's got going bad for him right now is Clea does not remember him. Because as you might remember from our episode on Doctor Strange, he had to sell his memory or her memories of him to the devil to restart the universe after it was destroyed by a magic-addicted Galactus. Right. God, I love Doctor Strange stories. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, most of the first bit is just him going through his day. We're seeing how he is. Uh, he keeps getting warnings from various people that things in the other dimensions are going weird. He doesn't know what. Stuff is just happening. There's warnings of things happening in the dark dimension, of someone fleeing from, I think it was the purple dimension, which is just a stupid name. There's no getting around it. At the end of the day, someone knocks on his door, and he's like, all right, well, let's, what's up? I'm being Doctor Strange, and is immediately got got. Stabbed to death. We don't see who it is. Stabbed to death, hands cut off, which is horrific. Pretty brutal. For one. Mm -hmm. And also... Very ritualistic murder with hands being a major source of power in a lot of magical theory. There, there's a lot of representation of cutting off someone's hands and taking it away. It's kind of like taking someone's eyes. Or tongue. Or tongue. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's certain things that have representation. The various, pretty much every magic user immediately feels Doctor Strange's death. And several people, including Zelma Stanton, Bats the Ghost Dog... Brother Voodoo, I guess Dr. Voodoo now, i got to stop mm -hmm. calling him brother, and uh, Wong all show up immediately feeling something's wrong, as well as Baron Carl Mordo, who's just really pissed that someone who is not him killed Dr. Strange <laughs> and has no time for everyone else's grief because it should have been me. Oh, and his minion, Casalius, who is actually... The villain of the first Doctor Strange movie? Right, that was Mads Mikkelsen's character. Yes. Who is just eternally pathetic. Yeah. He's actually, this is actually the first time I've read Casalius in a comic book. 
He's not a major player. While all of these people are getting ready to beat the out of Baron Mordo, if we're being 100% honest here, and while the Avengers are calling going, uh-oh, um, there's suddenly invasions from like six different dimensions happening, Doc. Doc. This feels like a you thing. A Doctor Strange from the past emerges out of a portal. Turns out Doctor Strange, and this is the part where it sounds doofy, but it's really cool. Turns out Doctor Strange from before he'd become Sorcerer Supreme, before he even got the Cloak of Levitation, he had met Clea maybe once and had not, like, she hadn't left with him yet, had cut a week out of his timeline with a spell. So if he ever dies, if he's ever murdered, that the, the Doctor Strange from that week appears in the modern day and has one week to solve his own murder. Which is the most Doctor Strange ego move of all time, possibly. Only I could be trusted to solve my own murder. Zounds. And it is fun because it's old school Doctor Strange. <laughs> this is Stan Lee and Steve Ditko Doctor Strange. As soon as this happens, immediately afterwards... Clea appears, suddenly remembering who Doctor Strange is, and chased by the three mothers who are... Amazing. Yeah. Creepy monster magic people. Word. All about it. Oh, yeah. They're, they're great, but they're creepy monster magic people who are trying to capture sorcerers of great power to feed to something called the Peregrine Child. Their boy. Which is just a creepy magic monster baby. He hungry, hungry boy. Hungry yeah. baby. Hung, hungry. Hungry even, like H-O-N-G-R-Y. <laughs> Young Strange, Clea, and the Avengers all show up and all get pantsed by them. Mordo just... Repeatedly even. Mordo just bounces. Mordo has no time for any of this. He's the smartest one. This sets up a point of a kind of a couple things. One, it turns out that all of the invasions of other dimensions that have been happening are... Actually, the lords of those dimensions, many of them Sorcerer Supremes in their own right, of their own dimensions, fleeing to Earth because Earth is just overloaded with superheroes. So someone else will take care of the problem for them. Two, Clea's got mad feelings here because she didn't remember Doctor Strange existed until the moment he died where Mephisto, being the d that Mephisto is decided to give her her memories back so she can mourn him because that'd be more painful than being like, who died? What's happening now? I love Mephisto. <laughs> they released a Mephisto miniseries like right after we did the, that episode. I'm like, how do you keep doing this, Marvel? <laughs> I know you've never heard of us, but this is starting to feel personal. And the ongoing mystery of young Doctor Strange who has... No idea who most of the people around him and mourning are, like mourning him are, has one week to solve his own murder. And try to hold it together while doing stuff like observing during the autopsy of his future self. This is where I will say I think this series needed about two or three more issues because they're kind of setting up for an Agatha Christie-like mystery. And then they don't have any room for the Agatha Christie-like mystery to breathe. So they have one red herring, and then it's done. Among the things missing 
like among things taken beyond just his hands is the eye of Agamotto and the cloak of levitation, the badges of office. They're able to track it down to Castle Mordo. I don't remember if it's actually called Castle Mordo, but it's... No, I think it is. It's Castle Mordo. <laughs> so Wong, Clea, and Doctor Strange, and I'm going to say, this is the Clea I've always wanted. This is a Clea who, when she says she's the Sorcerer Supreme of the Dark Dimension, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. You're queen. Break into Castle Mordo and just ruin everything? Very, just destroy everything? Very handily. Mordo, who has been actually set up by Doctor Strange, reveals that he just, like, was walking through and was like, what's the cloak of levitation doing here? I don't... I don't know where that came from. (laughs) And I'm pretty honest when I steal things. (laughs) And actually does convince them he didn't do it because there's no way he wouldn't brag about it until his dying breath if he killed Doctor Strange. He would have t-shirts made. True. I killed Doctor Strange and all I got with this was this stupid (laughs) t-shirt. And the Eye of Agamotto and the title of Sorcerer Supreme and oh god, what did I do? (laughs) I, I, Baron Carl Amadeus Mordo, did not plan this through very well. Amadeus, Amadeus. Amadeus, yep. Um, (laughs) It was gonna come. It was gonna happen eventually. Young Strange, not sure what to do, having a moment alone, takes bats for walkies. Because if there's one thing bats likes in life, it's going for walkies with Doctor Strange. And he manages to reveal, really, the truth of the answer here. Mordo was set up. So it's not just who hates Doctor Strange enough to kill him. It's who hates Doctor Strange enough to kill him and then hates Mordo enough to frame him for it and to steal the death from Mordo. Turns out the answer is Casalius. Because Casalius not only was banished to the purple dimension, Jesus Christ, Marvel, (laughs) to the purple dimension by Doctor Strange, Mordo didn't give a crap that his most loyal minion was, like, trapped for years and was like, yeah, whatever. Serve me when you get back. Peace. What up? I'm gonna go try to kill the Ancient One again. (laughs) I have to wonder if that started happening again when the Ancient One came back to life. If Mordo's like, I got stuff to do again. (laughs) That's not so boring anymore. (laughs) Uh, they set up a, to use Agatha Christie reference again, a, like, welcome everyone to, we've gathered all of the suspects together to one room, and I will now reveal that it was Casalius. Wait, I want to point out, yes, they set that up, but it's not an organic set it up. It is a very lampshaded, Doctor Strange goes, I know how these things end. We have to get everybody together. No, it's true. They asked why they didn't. He's like, because that's how things are done. (laughs) Do not question me. There's no way that Doctor Strange does not read a ton of Agatha Christie. Like, as an Agatha Christie fan, we can smell our own. He also, it, it turns out that all of these various fleeing warlords, sorcerers, supremes, etc. lent power to Casalius. Casalius thinks he's warded himself that he cannot be killed by a sorcerer, but he doesn't think about the fact that Dr. Old... I was going to call him Old Doctor Strange, but that's confusing. Early era Doctor Strange is not trying to kill him. He's trying to use the dark arts to force Casalius, to sacrifice Casalius to resurrect modern-day Doctor Strange. 
And it works. Which brings back both. They use various magical doodahs to destroy the peregrine baby, peregrine son, child, whatever it is. Angry space baby. Yes, angry space baby. And the three mothers. But it is revealed that Doctor Strange was only able to get brought back to life for so long. He promises his ever-loving love to Clea again, which has worked out so well in the past, but <laughs> it was a sweet moment. And it immediately dies. But, well, and he's aware that he's going to die, and he's like, sorry to do this, but I need you to be Sorcerer Supreme. And she's like, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Which makes her the Sorcerer Supreme of the Dark Dimension and of Earth, which is a lot. And then he immediately dies. Which leads to the Strange series. It's just called Strange. Which is about Clea as the Sorcerer Supreme trying to bring Doctor Strange back to life. That's the really quick, probably not very well done summary of this story. So we can now talk about this story. I kind of disagree where it needed more issues. Although I'll agree it needed more issues. I think the series could have been ten issues pretty easily. Uh, where did you think? Because I so I'll I'll half agree with you that like it could have been made into a better mystery, but they still at least devote like five of the six issues to the mystery. That's fair. Whereas then they short shrift the mothers completely at the end. That's fair. Yeah, I will say. This is some of the most fun I've had reading mm. Doctor Strange. I'm not saying this is a perfect series. Oh, no, this is I'm amazing. Saying, <laughs> okay. I loved this. I but... really love... Jed McKay is quickly becoming one of my favorite comic book writers working in the industry today. His Moon Knight series was so good that I picked up this series because I heard he wrote it. I also picked up the Magic the Gathering series, and I don't even friggin' play that game. It was also incredible. Really good. Mac... You have complicated feelings about Doctor Strange. <laughs> what? Hit no. us with uh, <laughs> with my knowledge. No, no, yeah, hit us with your thoughts. My thoughts. All right. I think that he is really mellowed out in his uh, terminal late stage life, and <laughs> uh, I think that he had found a balance. Like you said, he's living his best life. But I also think it's good that he died. <laughs> So I'm happy he got there, but the ending also kind of gives context and texture to the rest of his life as well, and I think he should stay dead. Oh, he's not gonna. I know. He's. Uh, I mean, we already knew he wasn't going to. But is his the name whole Uncle point, Ben? What? The whole point <laughs> of Strange is her trying to bring him back. Yes. Spoiler alert for it, in a thing that I don't fully understand because I haven't read Strange yet. He's been turned into Death's Sorcerer Supreme. She brought him back to serve as her magic boss, I guess. Interesting. Hmm. Um, and there's a series coming up that's about him again called Doctor Strange with Travis Moore doing the art. So I'm actually super excited for that. But Because at this point, he ha- he's had his character arcs. He has come full circle, so he went back to where he started, but he's a better person now doing what he was doing when he started. So you have the contrast of when he started as just a regular surgeon and he was stuck up, arrogant, like a supercilious jerk. And now he's uh, understanding, empathetic, calm old man. And he's just there to help people and he values human life, but he's doing the same thing now, but just with more class, more style. 
more substance. And so it makes sense that it should just end. He did his thing. He sacrificed himself. And now it's a whole new arc for new people, right? That's how I feel about it. I'm back and forth because I really like this Doctor Strange, so I want more of it. But I also agree with you that, like, I would find this a satisfactory end to Stephen Strange if it was the end. And it's kind of the weird final line with character deaths Mm -hmm. in comics, since you know they probably won't stay dead. You need to have it so it is a satisfactory ending, but it still has to remain strong on its own right when they come back. Fair. Death of Cap did it really well. The various Thor deaths usually haven't. Once again, I'm going to preface this by saying I actually really loved this. But another thing, I kind of wish the young Doctor Strange was... So I don't think that far back Doctor Strange is actually as big of a jerk as he was when he first becomes Sorcerer Supreme. That's fair. And I wish it would have been like super jerk Doctor Strange has to be the one to save now cool mellowed out Doctor Strange. Yeah. But like Master of Black Magic, like he was still like he was kind of a super jerk, but he was humble on, enough during that time period to know what he didn't know because he still hadn't become Sorcerer Supreme yet. I see what you're saying. I'm not sure I agree with you. I, I think Plus that they almost went too far back because he was still kind of goofy with the, the zoons. <laughs> Zoons. Zounds. Uh, see, I... From a storytelling perspective, I kind of agree with you because I think that there is some interesting story there. From a different version of storytelling perspective, I definitely don't agree with you. Seeing Doctor Strange, who may as well been from the very first appearance of Doctor Strange creates such a dichotomy he does it it feels like i mean down to what he's dressed in feels so different that i think dr strange from the very beginning of his journey as master of the black arts as opposed to the sorcerer supreme is a little more poetic also i do enjoy him being like this is really weird I don't know anything. I have no idea what's going on. I've obviously done some cool stuff, and the really cute girl wants to kiss me, and I'm kind of mad about everything that's going on right now. Straight up, my favorite scene in this is the bit where she calls him out of like, you made me forget, like, not you, but you made me forget that you existed. And I can't really be that mad because it saved literally every single person in the universe. But also... That's messed up. I don't I as a fan of the Doctor Who Clea relationship, I think those are the parts that spoke to me the most. Honestly, the more I have read Doctor Strange thanks to this podcast, the more I don't want him involved with anybody. I don't blame you. I'm on your side. <laughs> <laughs> See, I view it kind of as the Doctor from Doctor Who kind of way of he definitely needs people Mm -hmm. around him because stuff goes way worse when he doesn't have... Bats is good enough for that. (laughs) (laughs) Wong's around half the time. Yeah. I like this better partly because Clea is finally standing with him on her own terms. 
when it's Clea is his student and his girlfriend, it's creepy. There's just, there's no way to be the student and the girlfriend or the student and the boyfriend and not have uneven power dynamics that are hella problematic. Two Sorcerer Supremes that are like, ready for Bone Zone? Tracks for me. That's fair. I put that in the classiest way I could think of. I... Speaking on the multiple Sorcerer Supremes aspect of it, I do feel like all the other Sorcerer Supremes seem to get short-shrifted some compared to Earth Sorcerer Supreme. Like yes. it, it seems like they don't get to tap into nearly as much cool things for being Sorcerer Supreme of their dimensions. Yeah. Um, I actually have a theory on that, and it's Earth is so friggin' wild mm -hmm. in the Marvel Universe. Like... In most of these universes, the Sorcerer Supreme has kind of just conquered that dimension. With the exception of, uh, you know, like the Dark Dimension where Clay is Sorcerer Supreme, but either Dormammu or Umar are in charge. But, you know, there's like those kind of power struggles. Uh, whoever took over the Purple Dimension kind of just controls the Purple Dimension ad nauseum. So he's got all there is to know. Sort of. Doctor Strange... Every time he turns around, there's some new weird thing he has to deal with. It's kind of like... I don't know why I'm going to use a Dragon Ball Z reference here, because that's, like, way outside of my thing. <laughs> but part of the reason Goku is so powerful is every time he turns around, there's some new weird big evil that he has to deal with. Well, took care of Vegeta. Oh, Frieza! Well, took care of Frieza. Oh, Cell! Guess I better train up! The others don't have the same level of challenge of every time they turn around, there's something new. And so when they do encounter something they don't know how to deal with, like the Peregrine Child and the Three Mothers, they dip. While Doctor Strange is like, well, I guess it's Tuesday. I guess I was more thinking in the fact that it's even mentioned in the text of this that, like, when you become Sorcerer Supreme, part of that is you now have access to magics and wells of power that others don't have access to. That's true. And I want to see what the equivalent... It doesn't have to be the same thing, but I feel like being Sorcerer Supreme of these other dimensions should have some bonus. I definitely agree with you. It's in the same way that I wish magic got more obvious bonus of being the Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo. Yes. Or That's who I'm mostly thinking of. I'm like... I want my girl Magic to be a little bit cooler for being Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo. Although like, that's she's it. dope, but she's mostly dope on her own terms. Remember, we say that, but, like, anything she does that's not teleporting is her being Sorcerer Supreme dope. That's true. And she does, and it doesn't come up as... I have to remember, I've been reading a bunch of other stuff lately, too, prepping for oncoming stuff, so I read... Uh, um, a Man-Thing miniseries mm -hmm. that Magic appeared in, where she was pretty dope with some of her hellfire powers and i'm like yeah wait nope that was a different series that i read the same week um also the more i see it the more i dig her buster sword i like the buster sword i still don't like the costume mm. i want a changed costume i don't i can accept the buster sword i should say that i liked the smaller sword just because of usability but you know what she's the sorcerer supreme of hell of a hell like i i get it I just want her to have long pants. Is that asking for so much? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently it is. Kind of like the... Was that new sword master? Who... With the green sword. That's the sword master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's different than the swordsman. 
Right, 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 right. So I would super dig the guts green greatsword. We <laughs> will actually probably have an is- an episode coming up after monsters. We're doing a kind of do these count sections of people who are not magic users themselves, but use have magic. connection to <laughs> mystics either through kung fu or they're chosen by gods or various. But we will have one episode where we will cover. Several characters that came up in one of the side ones of, like, Silver Fox, who is pretty much Black Widow, but also a nine-tailed fox. Uh, right. Or Swordmaster, who was in that one. Or there's a girl named Arrow, who is you know wind what? powers. It's basically, this just popped into my head. I'm kind of thinking out loud right now. It's basically the characters who, if we were talking about Dresden Files, would be minor talents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got the one thing, like the alphas, they're shapeshifters. Yeah, uh, I mean, although at the same time, I would put Iron Fist somewhere closer to, like, the sword wielders, wielders like Michael, but yeah. that's its own thing. That's, that, that's for a future episode, though. Um, but that's actually a really good example. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's get into some of the, the all of the side series stuff. We'll do Silver Fox first, because Swordmaster appeared in that. Just as a general, I liked all the side series. I thought that the main series was actually a lot stronger in this oh, case. So even, much better. Even as much as I was enjoying all of them. And we'll get there because we'll, yeah, we'll start with that one because we already brought it up. But like until I got to the Black Knight one, which I think is my favorite issue of all this entire thing. Black Knight one was really good. I liked the Spider-Man one better, but we'll get to it. I'm also a sucker for Ben Riley. Um... Okay, so first one we'll go with Silver Fox. Basically, all of these side issues, tie-in issues, and tie-in issues are tough because you need to be interesting and connected enough to make sense to tie it in, but you also need to be independent enough that it, you know, there's a reason we're doing Spider-Man or Silver mm-hmm. Fox or whoever. And the Silver Fox one is kind of unique because neither Silver Fox has never had a running book and Swordmaster does currently. They were both characters created because Marvel made a deal with, I believe, a Chinese company. It could be a Taiwanese company. I just don't remember off the top of my head to hire local artists of mm. that country to create characters for the Marvel Universe. Because that's a major buy-in area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read some of them. The series are decent. We'll re- probably read some going forward, but they're good, not great. If that makes any sense. Swordmaster is gifted this magic sword. Not gifted. He is stuck with this magic sword to stop a war god from escaping. Silver Fox is, I mean, literally, she is a nine-tailed fox like the thing from Naruto whose name I can't think of right now. Oh, the demon? Yeah. I can't remember. It, it's a specific, uh, uh, not a kitsune, but something like that. Um, God, I just had it there, too. I can't remember. Kumio? A Kumio, yes. She basically operates as Black Widow, but occasionally has magic fox powers. I actually think she's probably the strongest creation of that group, but she gets the least... Time. Time? Which is disappointing. I do appreciate seeing 
Eastern Asia, really, just honestly, getting actual time in the Marvel Universe. Because it was revolutionary to put all of your heroes in New York because it made it a very cohesive, real-life world, as opposed to, like, here's in Gotham, and here's in Metropolis, and here's... But it does overweight New York when, like, there's... If all of this is happening in New York, what's happening everywhere else in the world? Is it that Mm -hmm. interesting, too? Or is New York just literally a magnet for this? I don't know. Like, this one was kind of cool in its existence. It had really nice art. The art is good. We get to watch Silver Fox fight another Kumio. It's kind of just a setup for stuff that'll happen later. Because, spoiler alert, at the end of it, the sword of Swordmaster is shattered. Which is a bummer. Mm -hmm. And he's actually going to be the new Iron Fist in the new Iron Fist series that's currently coming out. right. Okay, that's him. His costume is significantly better in the Iron Fist outfit, and this one's fine. Mm -hmm. These series are a little weird because it's a heavy attempt to put Eastern comic influence into Western comics. And I'm not saying you can't do that or it's bad, but it does sometimes balance funny. I'll just go off the list on the back yeah, of this yeah. book. Let's do uh, Avengers. With the the Crimson Bands of Cytorak. Oh, yeah, that one. That yeah. one's fine. It's mostly just the Avengers dealing with the fact that... They get shook things up sometimes. Are going, <laughs> yeah, and that things are going wild because they're suddenly realizing everything Doctor Strange actually does to make their life easier. It's a lot. I feel like that was more the Spider-Man one. Like, the Avengers one was they got shook up and they're having to deal with the fact that sometimes they're, they alone can't do this with... And, like, things get beyond their control and, and that's what magic is. Yes. Yeah. I will say the distinction between that and the Spider-Man one is the Spider-Man one is small-scale things that they do. While this is all the stuff that would get through on the large-scale problems. You know, Cytorak mm-hmm. sending people through. Yeah, but I mean, there's also Thor, who does not know how to deal with, I just got punked. You real hard. <laughs> you got, you got box slapped. Or well, Tony's all screwed up from the bugs. Yeah, yeah. Tony's all screwed up from the bugs, and Tony is all screwed up from, he's never wanted to deal with magic, and he's never quite trusted Doctor Strange because of that fact, even though they've worked together a lot. So Tony is like, oh my god, I have to deal with something that I've never been good at dealing with. And I kind of miss my buddy for various reasons ranging from this is usually your job to like, I kind of miss my buddy. (laughs) Um, This one might be the weakest one in my opinion. It's this or Blade, but I think Blade at least had more of an interesting story to it. Oh, I was going to say this or Bloodstone. That's fair. I liked the shower scene with Tony... I liked the... The shower scene with Tony like that. <laughs> I know what you mean, but... <laughs> out of context, it sounds bad. I liked the, the the ending when they sent out the message so they don't forget that. Because that species is dead now. That that planet is gone. Uh, and now everyone just remembers. So it's not like lost forever. Which is super cool. But aside from that, it was just normal. But aside from that, nothing crazy. It was fine. It's... That's all. Uh, Strange Academy, which we... You guys have not read any Strange Academy, have you? I know I have not. Mac hasn't. I think I've read the first issue or two. I really love Strange Academy, I so I think that this probably had more for me than it did for you guys. 
because this is the series that is most about like, yeah, Doctor Strange is dead and there's fallout of that, but we're not really talking about that. We're talking about very close interpersonal relationships of characters in that book. I guess that was my problem with it, was that it seemed like the other characters from Strange Academy, to me, seemed more interesting than the ones we actually followed in the story. That's fair. So in this one, we follow the Enchantress's children. Yep. Who I believe are, they're the children of Enchantress and Loki, Mm. which is messed up. Uh, The Enchantress being an early, because I don't know, have you ever heard of this character before? She's new to me. She is an early Thor villain who's a powerful sorceress, but she's mostly about seducing Thor. She got close. She got Loki. <laughs> fair. <laughs> she, she's about seducing a lot of people, to be fair. Uh, she succeeded with Scourge the Executioner more often than anyone That's else. But. I just realized from this angle that bad guy, when he's powered up, looks like uh, that pink thing from uh, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Majin Buu. <laughs> he looks like Majin so many, Buu. So many Dragon Ball references today. And then we also get a little bit of Weird World, which is fun because we haven't experienced that. But mostly this is about, we knew these kids were the children of Enchantress and Loki, but we didn't have any, so far in the actual uh, Strange Academy series, we didn't really have any time examining that. Just, hey, what's up? I got kids. It did feel like a, like a more like a closer to high fantasy. It was a nice, like, Palette cleanser, just going through a mystical land with magic. Honestly, when we get to Strange Academy, which we will do an episode on, it might be worth your time to reread this issue. Just for context. For better context of it. I mean, this issue probably has me going to read Strange Academy because I'm curious about those other kids. It's pretty cool. I mean, Doyle Dormammu is like, just the name alone makes (laughs) it my favorite. He's such a cutie. Doyle. Doctor Strange, my world is being weird. Yeah, I thought that it, I thought the issue was fine. I just I was more interested in the other kids than the story we got. Yeah, that's fair. I agree with you on that one. And it's kind of hard to talk about because it's hard to explain who these various people are. Oh, also Toth, who is Man Thing's son with a crystal queen creature. Super cool. Mm, all about it. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, okay, so here's the one that might be my favorite, although it's partially because I've been reading this series, so it might be confusing to you. Spider-Man. So that's the Crimson Spider-Man pretending to be Spider-Man, right? No. No. You're thinking of Superior Spider-Man, which is Doc Ock having stolen Spider-Man's bot. No, you're thinking of Scarlet Spider, so Scarlet actually Spider. you are correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the basic idea of this, Scarlet Spider is the clone of Spider-Man. He's been Spider- actually Spider-Man himself a couple of times. It was decided, again, and it very much felt like a placeholder as they prepped for other things, that Scarlet was going to be spider uh, Ben. Ben Riley was going to be Spider-Man again. And everyone's like, well, that's going to end badly. And spoiler alert, it does. In ways that I don't agree with, but here we are. But the basic idea of this is the Beyond Corporation, which is a major character for Next Wave, comes up with, uh, buys the rights to Spider-Man's IP, basically, thanks to weird Doc Ock Superior Spider-Man era. They hire Ben Riley to be the new Spider-Man. And Ben's like, all right, I'm going to just share this with Pete. He's my brother. We're clones and we have a complicated, difficult relationship, but he's my brother. Like, I'm I'm going to be Spider-Man, but I'm not going to, like, take it from him. 
But in their first fight together, Pete gets hit with an overwhelming dose of radiation and ends up in a coma, among other things, and is only barely surviving. Ben tries to be Spider-Man. It's going to go all bad. That's not important to this. It's going okay at this stage. But all of the people around Spider-Man are holding a bit of a grudge against Ben, which is and isn't fair. Because, in Mary Jane's words, everything goes wrong when Ben Riley is around. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. And I say that as a huge Scarlet Spider fan. <laughs> and there's not many people in the world that count as huge Scarlet Spider fans. Uh, the basics of this issue is that Black Cat is hanging out looking after Pete. Ben Riley comes in to check in on them. And a spell that Doctor Strange has set off, because Doc Strange and Spider-Man have been friends since about the era of Doctor, the, the early Doctor Strange from uh, Death of Doc Strange, of like, hey, stuff's going wrong. If I died, here are these things that we'll need taken care of. Just stuff I handle on an average day, but it is not call the Avengers level stuff. Can you take care of it for me? But Ben and Black Cat end up being the ones to go take care of it because, you know, he's radiated. Pete's in a coma. Mm -hmm. He got cooked. This series is like dark as it turns out, does have a very fun thing of Peter wakes up and is like, it's time to be Spider-Man again. And Captain America and Black Cat are like, you sit down and you are going to train. Because you will die if you come back out of this right now. And, like, they put him through boot camp together. <laughs> um, but it ends up being various things, like... A weird... Alligator boy? The gator shaman is trying to start uprisings to seize control of New York with the albino gators that live in the sewers. <laughs> And it turns out Doctor Strange could have easily taken care of this problem years ago. But he really likes the albino gators because they're weird and interesting and beautiful creatures. So he keeps just like, no, no, go back and just go back in the sewers. The way they solve that's like the meme where the guy comes outside and he's like, nah, I'm good. And he goes back inside. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's cursed. And he finds out that who he thought was his sworn enemy. Was actually his protector. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. I think my two favorite things I do are the pretzel. We'll get to that in a mm -hmm. sec. Number two is stop the hungry prince of hearts. He is. I loved that when it's just like <laughs> Moon Knight, and he's like, "I stopped what? Him. I wasn't gonna let this happen. That's my turf. These From, are my people. See yeah. that wall? That's me." <laughs> From what we can tell, a demon is gonna go eating hearts. Moon Knight finds him and stabs him to death with one of his moon. Things. It is blood. They're like everywhere. batarangs, but they're moon shaped. There's so much blood. Um, <laughs> it's so good. Though. We will be reading when the Moon Knight episode comes up. We'll be reading two different Moon Knight runs. One that is happening concurrently to this, also written by Jed McKay, mm -hmm. because that is it's quickly becoming one of the all time great Moon Knight runs. Like, holy god, it's good. Uh, let's see. We don't get no at number three is which is weird, but we do get some of the others. Ensure the spirit of Maman remains bound in bronze, and it turns out that bronze bull statue in New York is actually the spirit of Mammon, who is a old-school, Old Testament god-demon. It's kind of unclear in that. Oh, the bull yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Doc Strange has just kept trapped in a statue forever. Good for him. Number eight. Address the Jiangxi attacks in Chinatown. Jiangxi being uh, Chinese vampires. vampires. Sorry, what vampires? Hopping. Hopping vampires. Okay, yeah. 
Exercise the 666 train. <laughs> and you see them fighting a demon train. That one's pretty good. Feed the Central Park dragon. She likes hot dogs. At least they paid him. There will be mummies is just 17. That's all. Just... There will be. Don't worry about it. 20. Appease the spirits of the forgotten dead beneath James J. Walker Park, and it just shows them pouring, pouring booze onto the hand coming out of the ground. Uh, and then the final one, and this is the one that, one of the things that makes me really like Doctor Strange, is uh, it turns out there's an old lady who's a janitor who's just having a rough time but like she's just living her life she's not magic she's just a person a person and Doctor Strange not every night but many nights just stops by when she's waiting for the bus to get off work and he'll hang out with her at the bus stop so she'll be safe and he'll give her a pretzel and a magic pretzel and talk cause Doctor Strange is a but Doctor Strange is actually like a really good dude and beyond just, I think this story is the cutest one out of all of them, and I enjoy a good, like, cute... Look at the wild stuff of magic, not just look at the world-ending stuff of magic. And it it gives a side of Doctor Strange that we never get to see. This one, they're not super similar, but this one kind of reminded me of, like, the only issue of What If I actually have ever owned, which is... Uh, what if the Punisher had been successful in killing Spider-Man in yeah. the first encounter? Is that the one where he and becomes Spider-Man, kind of? No, it's what ends up happening is he ends up realizing... it. Whereas this one is like the wholesome version where they're going around and doing all the things Strange did and realizing the impact he had. That's the one where he... He kills Spider-Man and then realizes how bad he screwed up by all of the different friends that are now coming after him. For <laughs> <laughs> He's on a hit list for many people. Oh my god. Oh, that goes so badly. He's oh, like, oh. I missed one. Number 21. I am almost certain those damned goblins will be back. And it's just a bunch of goblins stealing a sports car. Which one of you is on the gas pedal? <laughs> uh, and then we have some fun stuff of Ben and Felicia dealing with the fact that Pete's hurt and there does need to be a Spider-Man and knowing that this is going to go as badly as it's going to go and it ends with Ben Riley being a supervillain. I was uh, yelling at them to kiss by the end of the issue. Yeah, that I'm really into it. <laughs> it kind of tracks because they have other issues where they talk about it. She doesn't actually want to be back together with Peter, but Spider is a huge part of her life mm -hmm. and like really important to him, uh, to each other. But he's Spider, but he's not Spider, and he's a little more game for wild stuff. So, like, it kind of works. Mm -hmm. They'd be good. Uh, let's see. Next up on the... I'm sorry. I'm literally just going through the book with each one. We've already talked about Silver Fox, though. I think after that's Blade. Blade. The uh, Blade one was fine. The Blade one is fine. I like the art on this one. It is mostly... And this will come up in, a few, like, a month. Blade has... The vampires have convinced the Russians to give them Chernobyl <laughs> to create the vampire nation. See, when I heard you describe this the first time, it blew my mind. <laughs> it's so wild. I'm like, whoa. You, you just went to the Russians like, hey, we'll take Chernobyl. <laughs> we'll probably read that for the Dracula episode. I'm not 100% sure yet, but it might be that and another Dracula story. But Blade ends up going there. To be, one, the official Avengers liaison, and two, the sheriff of the vampire nation. 
here are the rules. If you break these rules, you're gonna. Be I'm blade. going to be Blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the little amount of politics we got. I was gonna say this one felt like it needed to be at least a three parter. Yeah. It. They rushed. They rushed. The. the it is the risk of the modern-day storytelling where we're so used to decompressed comics that when you don't have those and you have a one-shot to tell a story... It just feels short. It does. Because you could have expounded on the vampire that feeds off emotions. You could have expanded on the younger generation of vampires and the political power. You could have expanded on the mental trauma that Blade's experiencing being there. I and think I think the, the, poli- the politics of what's going on is really interesting. I do, too, yeah. And especially having Blade this... Willing yet very unwilling, like volatile pawn in the middle of all of it. That's God, so I wish I could just kill every single <laughs> one of you. God, it'd be so fun. <laughs> and you and, can do it. And the fact that the vampire club actually had the blood sprinklers made me <laughs> chuckle really loudly. <laughs> really I'm really looking forward to the Blade episode that we're doing soon. I think it's like a month away. Because on one hand, Blade is the coolest character in the Marvel Universe, hands down. On the other hand, he's one of the doofiest characters in the Marvel Universe. I like, have it any other and way. needs like a legit good, this is the Blade story. Line. And there isn't one. Right. There's some great Blade stories, but there's no book that I would be definitive like, what it is is Blade 2. It's the movie Blade 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the first one might actually be a better Blade story. The second one's just a better movie. Yeah. I thought Dracula was... This Dracula I, was really cool. I do enjoy the politics of Dracula versus Blade having to work together and Dracula just trying to get him to... Dracula. Also, Dracula's bodyguard basically just being um, the butcher serial killer from FMA. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. I will say this is one of my favorite depictions of Dracula just like physically. Because classic Dracula is hammer horror Dracula. Slicked yep. back hair, Victorian era dress, etc., etc. He pulls off that look really well. And But but it's also, it feels kind of tacky the, when he... Oh, one. yeah. No, I'm talking classic era. Feels kind of tacky when it goes in. In the early 2000s, they decided they wanted, like, tough guy Dracula. This is when Twilight was really popular and they decided to bring in some vampire stuff. It wasn't great. Um, so they had him in basically the red armor that he wore in part of the Bram Stoker's Dracula mm-hmm. movie from the 90s, where that was... Um, the Francis Ford Coppola, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman as Dracula, yeah. Keanu. Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot Keanu plays, what, Renfield in that? No, he's Jonathan Harker. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> his accent is atrocious. <laughs> so fun. I love Keanu for a lot of things. Accent work is not something I was going in expecting. Uh, they had him in kind of in that armor, and then like, but like, big and beefy as heck with uh, white hair and a big white ponytail. Mm. And it's okay. It looks like something kind of out of a Castlevania game, as opposed to Marvel. It always looked a little out of place, and it always felt wildly out of place when I knew what Dracula used to look like. This. I'm older, I've got long white hair, I'm wearing somewhat Victorian-era stuff. I think is a good in-between that actually is like an, a unique Dracula look while not being so over-the-top that it's unrecognizable as Dracula. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do like, and I wish we had gotten more time on this in the Blade one, 
Blade just wants to mourn his friend. Like, he wants yeah. to kill vampires, but, like, a big <laughs> part of this is, I'm sad my buddy died, and all of you are throwing a big party going, yay, your buddy died. Why do you think I'm pissed off? Mm-hmm. This is, you're right, this is the one that probably could have best... Been expanded. Been expanded and had it work. Could have actually been a miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, X-Men Black Knight, which is the thing that made us decide to do another Black Knight thing next episode. Yeah, it's really good. I love this one. I, I like... I... I liked everything that was going on with uh, the the transition from Dane to Jax and how they're having to try to work together. Mm-hmm. But also just like... The retconning of what the stone was from the sword and the stone? Yeah. Between this, and I'm going to say... And, like, kind of the retconning in a way of the Sorcerer Supreme role and how that came about, and, like... I am definitely going to say, after you read the series, the Black Knight series we're doing for next episode, reread this. Because this takes place immediately after Mm -hmm. that. So it'll put in... It's another context thing. I thought it was weird to mix it with the X-Men, but I think they wanted to do a Black Knight series, but were aware that, like, one, we need to do an X-Men series, and two, we want the Black Knight series to actually, like, Black Knight one-shot to actually sell. Yeah. Right. I haven't read any of this X-Men run. I've heard very mixed reviews. Right. It's Carrie Dugan's X-Men run. And it's, like, the... Post Hellfire Gala, right around when John Hickman was leaving the Krakoa era. Right, so the idea is they're putting an X-Men team out into the world. Yes. And not just, like, keeping everything super internal on Krakoa. And I really like the team, but... Um, but to say of the, like, retcons that we did, turns out that the stone that, like, the stone that Arthur pulled the sword out of is the stone that Merlin used to create various... All, like all the ebony, yeah, all the ebony things, but it's also the ebony sword. The but that Excalibur was in it to keep all of what's happening now from happening. Yep. And Merlin just didn't want to put the sword back, which is why you Merlin have to have the barrier jerk. in the first place. Merlin is the worst every time. Well, and we're in another Merlin's the bad guy era of comics. Like it kind of goes I mean, back and forth of like. Now he's no longer insane and is helping you again. He's kind of a jerk about it, but he's, like, trying to protect the world. And then, like, well, Merlin took over the other world again. I feel like Merlin's never good. He's just pretending to be nice so he can focus on other things. <laughs> um, it's not so much good as is Merlin actively villainous versus, like... Yes. The answer's always yes. Passively villainous? And if it's not that Merlin, the other Merlin's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> And then oh, Dane's like, I gotta go shave for unrelated reasons. <laughs> <Yuck>. <laughs> so I'm actually curious. I know a bit about who Jax is. Was that confusing for you two? A little bit at first. I mean, it was a little bit at first, but comics over all of the years, dropping. I was about to say, like, they've had years and years of the practice of being able to insert three or four lines in a couple panels that make everything make sense mm-hmm, in yeah. case this is your first comic. We know Jax is Black Knight's kid that he did not know he had until just recently. Mm-hmm. Also, Faiza Hussein, it does make me wonder how old Black Knight is supposed to be, but 
meets up with Faisal Hussein again, who we have met before, thanks to Captain Britain and the MI-13. I'm so excited to see her again. I really yeah. like it anytime she shows up again. I actually am like, just, Dane, just date Faisal again. Like, yeah. you two were so good for each other. And you're never good for people, Dane. Like, I'm curious where this Siege Ebon came from, but I'm sure that other series will cover it a little bit, so yeah. we're getting there. But that's cool. Also, like, the fact that the Black Knight has his own version of the Siege Perilous, I'm down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and X-Men as various major demon things was kind of interesting. All of them kind of... I thought of, that was, like, the least interesting part of it. I said kind of interesting. Yeah. All of them kind of blurred out of my memory, except for, like, big, evil, sloth Jean Grey. Oh, I was going to say, oh, look at the big, obvious Wolverine. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like the Black Knight armor more than anything else. Is kind of my thing. I was really glad that they, uh, in the text, pointed out that the twins were Rogue and Sink because I did not remember that for a second. That's fair. Sink is a character who... Okay, so Rogue touches someone, steals their power. Mm. Sink's is similar. When he stands close to another mutant, he can mimic their power. Gotcha. He syncs up with them, hence the name. So... Very similar powers to Rogue, but different. In the current X-Men series, he mostly hangs out next to Cyclops so they can have two laser beams. <laughs> Which is a good idea. <laughs> you can never have enough laser beams. <laughs> uh, and that brings us to our last one, Bloodstone, which... Eh. It sets up a new paradigm for Bloodstone, but... what I What it felt like to me was... In the M... It's like... The happy version of in the MCU when Hela showed up in Thor Ragnarok. Mm, yeah. It's like, what What's if up? that would have another ancient sister, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's like, what if that would have happened with darker characters, but with a happier outcome? Yeah. I'll give you that. It, it does bring up a thing. Media has done such a job of changing how we look at monsters in the last couple of decades and i mean this is traces all the way back to frankenstein of like turns out dr frankenstein was the real monster all along Ooh. but especially you know elsa bloodstone she's been a member of the legion of monsters mm -hmm. she's on at least talking terms with a number of monsters <laughs> with morbius the living vampire like it, it, it it's morbid timey I should have picked another one, but, like, <laughs> you know, the point stands. She can't just be the monster hunter anymore. It doesn't quite work because we've seen plenty of monsters that don't actually need hunting. Mm -hmm. So let's deal with the real problems is kind of an interesting approach. Although there's enough monsters that actually need hunting in the Marvel Universe. Vampires. Uh, but we got Blade for that. Yeah, like most fine. of them. <laughs> yeah. Those damned goblins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pretty much most of the things from the Doctor Strange. She is what I would put as like one of those minor talents from uh, Dresden Files. If she's good, but... She's not going to be fighting any Archangels. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of, I like the switch towards like, I in general don't mind the switch, I guess, towards the more like, sometimes the monster isn't the monster. It's just that there's also... Not necessarily in Marvel, but just in pop culture, like a couple other characters that do that better right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. 
like the Witcher. Yep. Sometimes the humans are the monsters. Most of the time, the humans are the monsters. All the time, the humans are the monsters. <laughs> but sometimes the monsters also the monster. They're sometimes there's no good guys in this story. <laughs> to be monsters. honest, the book we're going to read in for her is probably Next Wave Agents of Hate, which is the most messed up series we have. And she's at her best when she's just a terrible human being. So good maybe turn. I won't be. I'll hunt those who deserve it. Like Doctor Strange. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> also, that was, they dropped this kind of little ethical thing of her sister was trapped outside because of the barrier. Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange kind of kept that spell up. But also, there does play a moral question there. One, does he know about that, that she's trapped in the barrier? Does that forgive it also? But like, here's this person trapped away in the barrier. If I drop the barrier and rescue her, everything comes in. Every dimension can invade Earth at once. I wonder how much of Excalibur has to be in how much of the original stone to be able to replace the barrier again. I'd say all of it. But could, like, Faza use her powers to split Excalibur and put a shard of it in the Siege Ebon? That might work. I guess it depends. Even if it's only a little bit. And then the Sorcerer Supreme wouldn't have to maintain the barrier anymore? True. I don't know. I am kind of under the opinion that... I mean, that storyline was cool. I don't think it is going to be something they're going to be able to bring up again much because it does create questions like that that they just aren't going to want to answer. If I had to write and explain, I would say that it's now been too long. Like, mm. because it's, you know, was pulled out over a thousand years ago. Well, and you see, Jeb, but that's the problem. You can't say it's too anymore. long because that's how they buy time at the end of this storyline. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I honestly, that's my problem with that. As cool as it was, it leads to like giant plot holes of like, why don't they just put Excalibur back in the Sea Jebin and be fine? I mean, that's just what they should do. <laughs> Faza, like, it's great that she wields Excalibur, but Dane Whitman could have something else to do with his time and not slowly go insane. I also feel like uh, Faza would be up for it, knowing what it would, what it would do, and it would probably do good things for Dane, which she's also pretty into. Anyway. I love that book. I love that issue, though, really which is funny, one. too. Yeah, because I was honestly when I was reading through them last night, I was sort of starting to burn out. But I was just like, I, I only have like two left or like three left. Like, I'm just I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to save it for the morning because otherwise I'm going to sit around and not do it in the morning and be just crushing it right beforehand. Yeah, I get. That. And I got to that and I started reading through it and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot how much I actually really enjoy reading about the Black Knight. It's more cool. Black Knight all the time, please. Part of me is if we ever did a like, let's redo this episode of like, man, we could do better. I would probably do a Black Knight alone episode because we mixed him in with Captain Britain. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that wasn't a bad way to go about it. No, though. it wasn't. But there's some wild Black Knight stuff that we can do. <laughs> and we will do. Oh, Next and week. I, <laughs> and I loved his, like, just like the, the black shadow, like horns coming in as she would give in to the sword more. And, oh, so cool. So good. The art was really good. The main storyline was the highlight for me until that issue. It would be weird if you were like, man, the story's fine. But man, those one-off, like, side issues that are... 
intermediary levels of connected, that's really where this series shines. <laughs> I still think Spider-Man's my favorite. I don't disagree with you of Black Knight. I think Black Knight's the one that's got the most critical acclaim of the side issues. It's really good. I think I agree with you. The Bloodstone one is weak. the weakest. I don't even think it's bad. It's just... Feeling a little weak. Kind of there. It also felt weirdly 90s still somehow. And well, I can't quite place how. That's Bloodstone for you. I was like, weren't we... Didn't we just read some Midnight Suns? But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's about what we got. I don't, yeah, I mean, that's it. I really, really have just to. go read Death of Doctor Strange. If you want to read the side once, that's up to you. Black Knight one's pretty good. Oh, the design of the Peregrine Child was dope. Yes. Like, it's creepy. And the Three Mothers. Yeah. We it was super that. creepy, but so super good. I enjoyed, super good. I enjoyed that each one was like a particular type of threat. So you mm -hmm. had like the magical one, you had the, the body horror one, and then you had the one that's just going to beat you to death. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bust you up. Oh, that's a question I was going to have for you. Which Doctor Strange did you prefer? The old one or the... Grown-up Doctor Strange or, like... Zounds. Old-school Doctor Strange at his most Doctor Strange. Personally, I prefer old Doctor Strange. I feel like it's more of a wizard to be that way. Just, Just to check, when we say old, we mean 60s Doctor Strange. No, like, physically he's old. Okay. This is physically why I was old Doctor Strange. Because <laughs> uh, that's more of a wizard in my mind. Like, he's seen things, he's empathetic, he's understanding, he's patient. He's weirdly obsessed with Coach Strike the Deathless. And he'll cut somebody up with a scalpel to take the cancer out. I, I almost want to go back through those issues and see if the artist in the background threw any references to how Koshe was um, oh, yeah. portrayed in Hellboy, yeah. since he's such a big character in some of the later arcs in Hellboy. For, I prefer him personally, uh -huh. but for high-octane shenanigans and character arcs, old 60s Doctor Strange is the one to go with, because you're going to hate him, but you're going to love hating him, <laughs> and there's going to be fun story arcs. I kind of really dig the old blue black too yeah, like really the nice cloak, cloak levitation is fine but like that blue black was it's so good it was good it's a solid look you guys also have always preferred the because like all the strange uh alternate outfits yeah, yeah. <laughs> anytime he doesn't have the cloak of levitation and has a different cloak you We're guys like, are like yes. that's the look <laughs> like, but my big goofy cloak i mean he still has it it's fine but he doesn't need to Is wear it, it just all the, time. the collar that you guys don't like as much? Because for a while they took out the collar and every artist was like, please let me draw the collar again. No, I actually think the cloak's pretty cool. It just doesn't go with anything. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> there was a strange period. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. There was an odd period where they decided to replace the cloak of levitation with the red coat of levitation. Like, they didn't call it that, but it was... Doctor Strange with, like, a mostly white suit with, like, gold fancy design. Okay. And then a red, kind of like a trench coat. I'm down. Over it. Okay. <laughs> that sounds kind of fun. It was fun. That's what I'll say. That's like, fair. it was, it didn't, it felt like an awkward attempt to modernize him, because that's what it mm -hmm. was. And it didn't quite work for the, like, level of look mysticism of I need from Doctor Strange. I can't imagine him without the cloak, 
but I love it when he mixes it up because mm -hmm. he looks really nice without it. Now, I actually like classic Doctor Strange look of the, like, weird leopard spot gloves and the full big blue That's tunic. Right. and the. But there's various Doctor Strange looks that all look Like solid. the Hell in Las Vegas look, I thought it was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked the, the one when he was fighting the person who was copying him, and they had, like, all his old stuff. Yeah, I just think he looks cool in general, but especially without his cloak limitation. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't hate it, but... I don't hate it, but it's not... Uh, if you want to look this up, just Google Doctor Strange 90s coat. <laughs> it was a thing in the 90s to give every character a oh, coat. I mean... It's kind of cool. It looks like it would fit well into... If he was having a liaison with Dracula, it'd probably work. <laughs> Like, I, there's a couple video games I play where I wouldn't mind my character having something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. just, um... I don't know. It, it seems It gaudy. would fit better in the Dresden Files than it fits mm -hmm. into Marvel. Let's just put it that way. Honestly, this is going to sound weird because they both have characters that look wacky, but it somehow weirdly fits more in DC than it does in Marvel. Yes. Yes, you could see him hanging out with Constantine and both of them judging each other relentlessly. Yes. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that, that that's all I got. Really, yeah. read this book. It's not look the deepest pictures. thing we've ever read, but it is some of the most fun I've had reading Doctor Strange. Look at those concept art pictures at the end for the baby, because, uh... Creepy! Awesome. Um, <laughs> He's got some teeth. Next time, we'll be taking another smaller, as we implied, another smaller one, because to be honest, I have a bunch of stuff coming up over the next two weeks, and I just... I don't have time to try to get Dracula done in two weeks, so... Plus, look, like you said, and like we brought up at the beginning of this, since we've started this, some time has passed, things have happened. Some there's of it's gonna really be cool. Some of it's cool, and there's some things... I don't... I think it's just okay that we go back and update some of our information sometimes. Every once in a while, yeah. So we will be reading the Cy Spurrier Black Knight series, which actually we did talk about in the Black Knight episode that we did. But only, like, the first maybe two issues had come out at the time, so... I will say, I'm so glad that we're talking about magic in the Marvel Universe and having to update things for that, rather than, like, if we had started a season on X-Men and had to update things through the Krakoa era. We've talked about doing an X-Men season, and I just, like, get It's gonna have to be once the Krakoa... It. It's gonna have to be after it finishes. <sighs> what? Yeah. Like, we can't even think about it till after that, because things are changing monthly. The X-Men on their magic island. Yeah. Where death doesn't exist. Yeah, it gets That's real complicated. Show. That's a TV show. It, it's Gilligan's Isle, both X-Men. <laughs> it's Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Krakoa edition. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the time we have set aside for our lesson a day. For those of you staying on the island, the hourly game of backgammon starts soon. For everyone else, we hope your cruise back to the wild world of nerdery is swift and safe and super fun. Bon voyage. Thank you for listening to this episode of Noob Island. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M dot com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.